What's up, Well That's Good fam? Welcome back to the Well That's Good podcast. I am so excited. Today is a very special day because it's the first time that I have an Elo Sister ambassador on the podcast. She is incredible. I follow her on Instagram, but also I just like did a deep dive and watched all of her YouTube videos. She's incredible. Um, her name is Dee Kisser, and she is actually in Tokyo. Are you in Tokyo right now? Heading to Tokyo. Heading to Tokyo. We're going to get to that in a minute as to why she's there, but it is actually for what you're thinking. Uh, We're pumped to get to talk to her and welcome to the podcast, Dee. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be awesome. Yes, it is going to be so awesome. So I have to ask you the question that I ask everyone who's on the What's Good podcast. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? Dun, dun, dun. Well, <laughs> the best piece of advice I would have to say has come from my mom. She's pretty great. She's pretty cool. Moms always give some good wisdom. That's right. And in 2015, I was training for the Rio Paralympic team, and I wasn't in the greatest place. I Everything I did was about swimming. I ate swimming. I drank swimming. I did everything just to get myself on that team, and I was not mentally healthy at all. And so there was a practice I came back from and I, I was crying. I was, I was not happy with it. And my mom sat me down and she said, D, who are you swimming for? Hmm. And I honestly didn't have an answer. And I was like, mm, I don't, I don't know, mom, like what type of question is that? Mm-hmm. And she said, well, if you're not swimming for anybody, but God, you need to stop right now. Wow. And I was like, uh, I, I don't want to stop mom. This is what I want to do. I invested my whole life in this. I, I don't know what you mean. And she said, okay, then if this is what you want to do, you have to remember that you are Danielle, who is a child of God who happens to swim. Wow. So you are not Danielle the swimmer. You are not Danielle the little person. You are not Danielle the friend. You are all you happen to do all those things, but first and foremost, you are Danielle, who is a child of God who happens to swim. Because like it says in the wow. Bible that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And for a lot of things, like swimming is <laughs> one day is great, one day is not so great, and it's changing. And yeah. so when our identity is in something that changes, we're not going to be doing so well. And that's that's mm-hmm. kind of where I found myself at. So my mom told me, Danielle, you are a child of God yeah. who happens to swim, just as Sadie, you are Sadie, who is a child of God who happens to be doing a podcast today. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Come on. Come on, Mom, with the good advice. I love that. Um, Well, I have so many questions I want to ask you, honestly. Even as you're talking, I'm like, you're such an inspiration. And we're going to get to all of it. Um, So I guess we'll start with, because you mentioned it, you said, I'm a little person. You have dwarfism. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge part of your story. You are very open with that. And so tell us a little bit about your story, about your life. Yeah, so I have a form of dwarfism called achondroplasia. I'm not going to spell it. Don't worry. You don't need to write that down. I can, um, I cannot <laughs> spell that myself. Yeah, don't worry about it. Free pass this time. <laughs> but uh, I am the only little person in my family. And so my type of dwarfism affects about 1 in 25,000 people. And when I was born, my parents didn't know that I was a little person until I was about 8 months old. And so for them, it was this crazy new thing about, okay, how do we raise a child with a physical difference? What What is it going to be like? Is she going to be okay? Is she going to be bullied? Can she do all these sports and, and whatnot? And um, I was really blessed with parents who just let me try things. They let mm-hmm. me do what I wanted. They let me, well, not do what I wanted. There's yeah. some <laughs> boundaries in that. But they <laughs> they let you. me do things my friends were doing and they didn't 
let me use my disability as an excuse to mm. not try. And honestly, like that equipped me for being able to do the things I'm doing today. Wow. And I think something like having a physical difference like this, like I'm walking down the street, you're going to notice me because I'm small. You don't see a little person every day. And I think it's one of those things that God has allowed me to have as a conversation starter for people because I just can't cover this up. Like I can't throw on a jacket and pretend I don't have dwarfism. Like you can't hide this. And so it's been really interesting just the conversations I can have just based on what I look like and people are curious and curiosity is a great way to open up conversations. Right. That's so good. I wrote down a quote Mm -hmm. that you said in one of your videos that I watched that I thought was uh, really powerful. And I want you to share a little bit about the backstory of this, but you said this day in particular, whenever you kind of realized that you were different, you said, I didn't only realize that I was different, but it was that day that I realized that my life had meaning. And I Mm -hmm. thought that was such a beautiful way to put it. What did that look like for you? Yeah, so I um growing up I was never bullied in school. I was really fortunate that I had a great upbringing and so I didn't know the the darker side of being physically different until I got older. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of times where it would just be really hard like you're walking down the street and people would um just yell these things that I'm not going to repeat <laughs> on here. Mm-hmm. And they're just there's not great things to hear and they could really damage a person and um I realized that, you know, God doesn't make mistakes and Mm -hmm. he makes everyone for a purpose, whether we find out that purpose or not, like until we get to heaven, like who knows. But I just strongly believe that I'm not an accident and that God has a purpose for why he's made me this way. Mm -hmm. And I think that when people buy into that, and as I've worked at learning that and taking that on as my own, it's, it's helped me to see that, you know, my life does matter your life matters everyone's life matters it's just gonna look different but that doesn't mean that you can't use it yep that's so good you know it's like super inspiring about you and the things that you say is it's like you know you happen to have dwarfism and yet Mm -hmm. you have these revelations of that you know what this is how God made me and if God made me this way then I have meaning and I believe that Mm -hmm. and I trust that. And that message is something that every single person has to hear. That message is something that every single person, whether they have dwarfism, whether they have a different kind of disability or they have a different kind of whatever it is, they have a different color skin or whatever they Mm -hmm. have that they're uncomfortable with. And or even if they look like the normal person, which what even is normal, you know, everybody has to come to that realization that, you know what, I got to rock what I got because Mm -hmm. this is how God made me. And I don't know why. And you could spend all day questioning that or you can just say, I'm going to use it. And you've certainly used it. And it seems like you have a great mom behind you who's been encouraging you to use it and so do I there's so many times in my life where I didn't want to use the abilities that God gave me because they scared me and my mom would be like that is like you which I have behind me you are the original you are an original that's how God made you use it um you posted this on Instagram you said your life's greatest story is the one you're willing to write while not erasing out the disappointments and I love that um because you talked about that and one other thing that I talked about it's like it's not like you have to erase all the things that are disappointing it's not like you have to take away all these things like right where you are who you are is what you know God can use 
um, for your life, like obviously you've had setbacks in different ways. What are some of those, like what is, have some of those times looked like where you've had physical setbacks that you've had to walk through or walk out in order to swim, in order to do the things that you want to do? How did you get through those things? Yeah, so we kind of touched on it a little bit, but um, I am currently heading to the Paralympic Games, which is going to be super exciting. I'm very which, excited. Which, by the way, that. like, you're so <laughs> casual about it. That is so cool. Like, that yeah. is amazing. Yeah, honestly, if I get too much into it, I get a little emotional because this has been a dream of mine since I started swimming 13 years ago. And God miraculously opened up a door this year for it to happen, like in the middle of a pandemic. That's definitely God showing off. Um, And so this is this I'm I'm living this dream. But yeah, like what you said, I've had a lot of different um, just injuries that come with um, having disabilities and having like dwarfism. So I've had a couple major surgeries done over the last few years that have set me back in the pool. I've fallen a few times, so I've mm-hmm. had a few concussions. And anyone out there who's had a concussion knows those those things aren't great. Not and, fun. Um, yeah, so I've just had like just things that just keep coming up and it's it's kind of like I would get close to making a team, I'd get close to making it to Rio and then I wouldn't or I'd be having a really great training year and then I'd get injured. I'm like, God, what the heck? Like I thought this was what you wanted me to be doing and I thought this is where you'd put me. And time and time again he tells me, he's like, D, no, this is where I want you. I didn't mm-hmm. say that it was gonna be easy. I didn't say yeah. that I wasn't gonna just remove all these like little injuries here or there but this is where I need you. Mm-hmm. And I think growing through that and learning all those things, and there's some, there's, I don't know if you, if you could relate to this, but there's only things you can learn when you face disappointments. There's yes. specific things that I don't think anyone could ever learn unless they go through something hard. Yep. And I think that I've gone through a lot of hard things and I'm sure a lot of people listening right now have gone through some pretty difficult stuff, but you can't learn those things when everything's going well. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you choose to see those disappointments as opportunities, yes, they're difficult, but they're difficult in a sense that you're learning something that you would have never learned. Spring is a great time to start something new, right? So whether it's cleaning or a new hobby or a new audiobook, a good story is always a great way to start a new journey and Audible has all that you need. I come from a family of great storytellers, so I know Audible is the home of storytelling, which is where I want to be. Audible lets you enjoy all your favorite audio entertainment together in one app. There's always something new to discover or you can rediscover some of your old favorites. Audible has an incredible selection of audiobooks from every genre like bestsellers, new releases, memoirs, mysteries, and thrillers, business, and more. It is the destination for mind-blowing entertainment with selections of mystery and thrillers that will keep your heart racing. And with next listen recommendations, there's always something irresistible at your fingertips. Plus, members get full access to a huge and growing selection of included audiobooks and audible originals and even podcasts like, well, that's good. So you can download them or stream them anytime, anywhere. Audible members can also pick one title each month to keep from the entire catalog, which is some serious benefits, y'all. The newly included selection of titles makes your Audible membership even more valuable and gives you the chance to discover your next favorite thing. With thousands of titles available, you're definitely going to find something that you love all in one convenient app. So I know some of you are into, you know, 
thrillers, crime, mystery. And I got to be honest, that's not really been my thing. So I told Bella, okay, Bella, tell me what I could like listen to that wouldn't scare me, but I would like be into it. And she told me about this title called The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. And so I started it and John Luke loved it too. And so I'm just now on the cusp of it. And y'all, let me tell you, it is very entertaining. You do want to listen to see what happened next. So if y'all are into that, Audible is a great place to find those too. New members can try Audible now for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash woe or just text woe to 500-500. That's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E.com slash woe or text woe to 500-500 to try Audible for free for 30 days. Y'all, I love summertime. It is my favorite season and I'm so excited to jump back in. We are approaching the best time of the year. But no matter what your summer looks like, KiwiCo invites kids and kids at heart to enjoy their first summer adventure series. Kids can receive six hands-on science and art project kits over six weeks, no matter what their age is, with enriching activities that accompany each project. KiwiCo has something for everyone with different topics for each age from space to dinosaurs and so much more. I am so excited about the summer series. We actually are getting this little driver that I know Haven is going to love because it's a little steering wheel and she loves anything active and also a little like neighborhood fun one where they have a water paint thing, which is so good because it's not going to make a mess and Honey is so into painting right now. And painting with a three-year-old, yeah, that's just hard. So I'm excited for the no mess. KiwiCo offers kids a chance to get outside and explore screen-free with projects like the Bottle Rocket Kit from the Summer Adventure Series. They can turn the outdoors into a playground of learning and fun. Every Summer Adventure Series with KiwiCo is a personalized experience that includes real engineering, science, and art projects. And you'll be impressed with how high quality all the materials are. Everything we've gotten from KiwiCo has been absolutely amazing and such high quality. I know sometimes it can be hard to find creative, engaging ways to keep your kids away from the screens and just having fun, but KiwiCo does the legwork for you so you can focus on spending fun and quality time tackling projects together. The KiwiCo Summer Adventure Series is personalized to your family and can be received all at once or weekly for six weeks depending on your schedule. If you like it all at once, that's great, or space it out a little bit. Build the best summer ever with KiwiCo. Get 20% off your summer adventure series at kiwico.com slash sadie rob summer that's 20 percent off your summer adventure at kiwico k-i-w-i-c-o dot com slash sadie rob summer it's it was true. easy that's so, so true i've definitely seen that a lot of times in my life um mm-hmm. and it's cool because i think a lot of people do put this expectation on god because god is good that things have yeah. to be good for god to be in them and that's mm-hmm. not true like god is your strength when you're weak you know he is good even when it's bad and that's why you cling to him you run to him and so it's really cool to hear you say that um because clearly like even if you watch any of your youtube videos see follow you on instagram like you've seen the setbacks but you've also seen you grow through them and i think that's so cool that you share your life because you're just a walking testimony of god's goodness and i love that your youtube video I mean, your YouTube channel is called The Little Light, which Mm -hmm. I was thinking about that. And I understand, obviously, you had The Little Light, but you are a big light. Like, you shine so bright. You're literally representing your country right now in Canada, for Canada. And, like, Mm -hmm. that is just the coolest thing ever. Um, When you were little, 
did you think like did you always want to swim or how did that happen how did how did swimming become your thing yeah that's a great question so originally I told my parents I was like five years old I said mom I want to be in a show I was I'm not shy in front of a camera I'm fine (laughs) to talk and so they're like okay we'll put you in ballet did not like ballet pink tutus (laughs) Not, not my thing, but I was in a show, not my thing. So, um, I was in a show though. And so I enjoyed that. And then I found soccer and I played high school basketball. I played softball. I did competitive horseback riding. I did like all the things my friends were doing. And then it got to a point where my friends started getting taller. They started getting faster and I got left behind and I'm Mm -hmm. super competitive. And so that was really frustrating because my body just was limiting me in what I could do. My desire to play was was not limited, but I was just coming to the end of what I was physically capable of. Mm-hmm. And then swimming actually came along right at that peak of my frustration. And I was swimming lengths with my dad. My dad taught me how to swim, which was kind of cool. That's and awesome. Yeah, and my brother was in swim club at the time, and his coach knew about Paralympic swimming, and he came up to me one day, and he said, hey, like, you should join swim club. There's this thing called Parasport. You could be really good. And me being 11, I was like, I could be pretty good. Okay, I want to try this. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, and then a few months later, I joined swim club, and then I learned to swim, and now 13 years later, I get to swim on one of the biggest world stages, and wow. it's... It's one of the most humbling, coolest, speechless moments yeah. I think I will ever be in. And I don't get speechless often, and so that's, that's quite a lot. <laughs> that's awesome. Are you nervous? I'm a little nervous, yeah. Um, I would say, though, more excited because, again, like – um, when when the coronavirus like started, the whole Olympics and Paralympics, they got postponed. And so we weren't even sure if these games were going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so it was just a lot of training, a lot of like hoping, a lot of trusting God. And then um, when our trials actually did happen, originally I didn't make the team. I was wow. the first alternate. And so there's a lot of emotion there and trusting that God had a plan. So three weeks ago, I wasn't even on this team. Wow. And then okay, back it, up. Tell us that. <laughs> tell us that story. Yeah. So um, because of uh, the pandemic and stuff, Canada wasn't able to host an actual swim meet, so we had to do individual time trials. Wow. And I'm a pretty I'm, I perform better racing, and so not yeah. being able to race people is a little challenging. And so mm-hmm. I didn't make it. I was first alternate to the team. And that was hard because, you know, you feel like, you're like, I felt like God told me I was going to make it. I felt like this is where I'm supposed to be. And, mm-hmm. okay, obviously not. Okay, just keep saying, okay, God, yeah. your will, not mine. Your will, not mine. As you're right. crying. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then a few weeks later, one of my teammates got injured. And then I was told that in case this person couldn't go, then I would be stepping in in their place. And then seven days before we were supposed to leave for this staging camp that I'm at now, I found out that I was going to be going. And so really like three weeks ago, I wasn't on this team. And then God just had this door open where he's like, no, this is where I want you to go. You, you've learned your disappointments, you work through them, but now it's time to use what I've taught you. And now I get to really just showcase that on the biggest stage. And so I don't think I'm nervous. I think I'm more just excited to be there because 
this was 100% God. Right. I think I, I feel what you're saying because for me, like, I get nervous every time before I speak, but I'm, like, excited about mm-hmm. it. And, like, I'm nervous because I care about it. And, like, that used to be fear. At one point in my life, that was 100% fear. But, like, once mm-hmm. I started doing it really with the Lord and trusting Him, it became, like, excited nervousness. And I kind of, like, love that. I love that I get nervous. Like, you embrace that because I feel like it helps you, like, do better and helps you, like, feel yeah. the moment because – you're going to Tokyo, like you're going to be like in the Olympics, like, yeah, you're going to be a little nervous, but it's really exciting. Um, yeah, that's, that's amazing. What does it feel like for you? Like with all the setbacks and even just like having, you know, how old are you? 24? 24, yep. 24, we're same age, 24 years <laughs> of, you know, overcoming, um, being a dwarf, but also mm-hmm. being amazing and all those things. How does it feel now to get this opportunity to represent your country and be there? Did you ever think that you'd get to do something like this? I think I have two answers for that. I think the D of six years ago would have said, why am I not already on this team? Why have I not already gotten here? And the D of today, this is a gift. Wow. Like there, there's no other way to describe when when God has brought you through the fire, brought mm-hmm. you through the tough stuff, and has just graciously given you this opportunity mm-hmm. that you've wanted that, I mean, we could say that like, oh, you're deserving, you you worked hard for this, but none of us are deserving of what we've, what we've been given. This, mm-hmm. Everything in life is a gift. My dwarfism is a gift, as hard as it is. Um, swimming is a gift, as challenging as it's been, and this genuinely just feels like a gift. And now like God, God, my pastor actually told me this and he phrased it really well, but he said that, you know, God takes pleasure just watching you swim. He, he doesn't, he doesn't care that like you're, you're not first. I mean, that's great, but he just Mm -hmm. takes pleasure watching you push the water aside. Like you're glorifying him in, in the pool, in the lane that you've been given, just Mm -hmm. as like when we're standing, making videos or doing this podcast, like we're glorifying God with our voices And so that's what I'm just so pumped to do in Tokyo is stand up Mm -hmm. on the block, glorify God and whatever I end up doing with time. I mean, I hope I do well, but it's like, it's already been one, everything. So what do you think changed from you six years ago to now? From when the time you would have said I should be there to the time that you say I'm grateful. Yeah. So, um, actually going into Rio trials, I, I was like, I grew up in church and I, I was following God, but I wasn't, it, it, it wasn't like a personal relationship necessarily for mm-hmm. myself. And when I missed that team, I was devastated and I, I had no idea. Like I was shocked and I remember coming home and I said, okay, God, like if this is what you want me to be doing, I don't know what to do. And I just felt this incredible peace come over me. Mm. And I just felt like, you know, like even, even though I didn't get what I wanted, that God still had a plan for me and God wanted to use me in some way, had no idea what that was, but I just, I just felt that there was more there. And then, uh, the night I came home from Paralympic trials, I got an email and an acceptance letter into the university I'm at in Montreal. And so Mm -hmm. that's, that's where I, I moved to. And that's where, um, 
that's where God opened the door for me to train at this high level. And so it just felt like there was just confirmations after confirmation. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up giving my life to God and I got baptized before I moved away. And then it's just been a crazy little spiritual journey ever since. That's amazing. You know what? I think you're such a good example in a million things. But one is that, you know, you have this goal. You're really good at swimming. You you have the talent. But you also have worked really hard to get where you're at. Like, Mm -hmm. you didn't just wake up one day and you're going to Tokyo. Like, you trained really hard. And I think a lot of people, especially our age and younger, think that, oh, well, if I have an idea and I feel like God's calling me, then I should just get to Tokyo and I should just have the platform. And that is not the case. As Wouldn't both, that be nice? Wow. That would be wonderful. <laughs> it's like, oh, thank you, God. You give me my purpose with the platform. You give me my purpose with the podium, you know, but that doesn't always happen. It doesn't really ever happen. Normally it's, um, you know, and a battle that you go through the fire, you have to train, um, and so that is a huge inspiration for, I think, a lot of people. I want you to talk about a little bit about what your training looks like. And because I do want people to understand that it's not easy for the per- the people that you see in the Olympics. It's not just because they're athletic. It's not just mm-hmm. because they have, you know, they had it made for them or just because their dad was their coach, you know, like yeah. actually that was probably challenging in and of itself in some ways. So what is that? What does that training look like for, I guess, your life? Yeah, so I started really competitive swimming probably about the age of 12. So for the last 12 years, I we, just, we swim 10 times a week, and then we're in the weight room three times a week. And wow. our only days off are Sunday, which is God's day, so that's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like we train every day. And I think as this is an Olympic and a Paralympic year, the world really only sees athletes on the stage or like at these really big moments. But I don't think people realize that we, after these games are done, we go home and we do the same thing for the next four years. Mm-hmm. Like the, there's no off time. There's no year off. There's no like mm-hmm. break We're we're constantly putting our bodies through really intense training. We're constantly fueling ourselves. We're constantly getting the rest and the recovery we need. So being an athlete is like a 24 seven job. And I think also just being in the Paralympic side. So for those listeners who don't know, the Paralympics are for athletes with disabilities. Often the misconception is that the Paralympics are easy because Mm -hmm. like, oh, you're disabled. You can just show up. Well, that's Mm -hmm. that's not the case anymore. Maybe 20, 30 years ago when there wasn't as much depth. But I mean, I've been trying for 13 years and this is my first time. It's it's not easy. You can't just show up and hope that you're good. Sadie, just like you were saying, like you can't just like show mm-hmm. up to the track and run a race and hope for the best nowadays. Like you have to work for it. Right. And the same thing like talking and making videos mm-hmm. and stuff. Sometimes like you've got to put in a little bit of prep work if you want to sound good or if you want to yep. make sense. That's the truth. That's why I stalked you on YouTube all morning. <laughs> I love that. It's so funny. You can't just show up. And it's clear in your life. And I love that you said that. Just because it's the Paralympics, that doesn't mean it's easier at all. Like, you guys are actually overcoming really hard things mm-hmm. and having to be an athlete and train like the athletes do while having what, you know, is a disability. And so... Mm-hmm. No, that it does not seem easy. That actually seems really hard and it's really inspiring. And the commercial came on this week, the the rock, you know, that mm-hmm. it I was like crying. I was like, D's gonna be there. It's so cool. Um, no, it's very cool. Um, 
one thing that you said on your YouTube video, and I thought it was really cool, you, so you're educating people on the M word. Mm-hmm. And I love that video because honestly, it was really educational for me um, because I've never talked to someone with dwarfism and I didn't realize how many different um, types you can have. And also that there's over like 600,000 people in the world that have dwarfism. And so this is clearly something I think we need to be educated on. And mm-hmm. so talk to us a little bit about the M word, what, why it's offensive and how you've seen that maybe um, hurts that you've had in your life with that and what you wish people knew when they say things like that. Yeah. That's kind of a loaded question. (laughs) Well, no time like the present to get into that. So so for those people who are listening, the M word is the word midget. And for little people, that is a super derogatory and offensive term. The word comes from, stems way back from the surf the circus culture. There was a guy by the name of P.T. Barnum, who you guys might know from the movie The Greatest Showman, but mm-hmm. he actually made money off of the backs of people who looked like me. And so, like, the freak, he made the freak show era a thing. And that's mm-hmm. where the word midget cam- comes from. And so it's it's comes from this really, like, de- diminutive and this derogatory mm-hmm. era where when somebody calls me and my friends midgets it, it doesn't make us feel great it, it actually makes us more feel like objects and, and yeah. things like you don't you don't just call somebody like you, you don't just I th- I would like to think that people don't just say mean things to people on the street but when yeah when you use the m-word that's what that does it's it's yeah not the greatest and so I think um the best way to refer to people with dwarfism is first of all, by their name. So you guys know my name, my name's D D (laughs) and, um, or else like short person of short stature, person with dwarfism, little person. Um, but the M word is definitely something Mm -hmm. that just, it just throws your difference in your face. And for most people with disabilities, they do not need to be reminded that they are different. It is, it's, we're pretty aware of it without someone needing to say it. And I think right. just the more, like, Sadie, you asking me to come on here today is so encouraging just for mm-hmm. me and for other people who look like me because this is a platform where we get to talk about this because not yeah. everyone's going to know that the N-word's mm-hmm. a bad word. And that's I, – I don't hold that against anybody because education is important and um, I think that people are genuinely curious, but mm-hmm. who has, who's ever listening now that you know that it's a bad word, now it's – kind of in your hands to go and like what are you going to do with that yeah that's good so even like earlier because this is a legit question and I think this is part of humbling yourself and learning Mm -hmm. whenever I was talking about dwarfism and then I said you are a dwarf is that the wrong phrase would you then say and you're a little person like would you not refer as a dwarf even though it's dwarfism so for me I'm totally cool with that but it depends on the person. Like cool. my email is super dwarf. So it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> That's pretty awesome. chill. <laughs> That's awesome. So, you know, I saw in one of your videos that you were talking about how you wish you could educate parents a little bit better as to how to teach their children. Mm-hmm. Um, because you've seen moms just like hit their kid in public whenever they say something. And we had um, a counselor at camp who had dwarfism and a lot of the kids would say stuff. And it's like, man, you kind of wish their parents would educate them a little bit what do you what would you say to a parent that was talking to their kid or what did your parents say to other moms or whatever did y'all ever walk through that from like a parent to child situation 
Yeah. So first of all, I would start with saying that I think questions are the best way to spread awareness because we're curious people. I think God has made us to be curious. Like mm-hmm. he's made us to ask questions and God is patient with us when we ask him questions. I ask God questions every day. Like, God, oh, what mm-hmm. about this? What about this? Yeah, Why is same. this yellow? <laughs> Why is this green? Like we ask questions. And so um, I think that questions are one of the best things to educate people with. And um, I think that people are just curious and we're just looking to find meaning in things. And so uh, to diminish that in a child when they come up to someone who's different, when when you get afraid that their question is offensive, like let them ask, let them let them be curious. And then it's up to that person to answer in the way that they feel comfortable with. Yep. And I know for my parents, like I, I would get little kids coming up to me all the time saying, I'm bigger than you or even my little cousins are like, Dee, next time you come home, I'm going to be taller. I'm like, yeah, because I don't grow, but you do. And they're like, what? <laughs> and so it's just like keeping it open for them because they usually kids at that age and younger kids, they, they don't mean, they don't, they, they don't know any different. They see me and they see, okay, she's small, but she looks like a mom. So she must mm-hmm. be a little mom. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, no, I'm, I'm not a mom yet, but, like, yeah. I am small, so part marks for that. <laughs> um, but I could, I could stay on here all day and tell you all the funny stories that I've had and different comments. But what my parents did in when I was going into school is they brought in this long, you know, those long balloons that mm-hmm. you can make, like, balloon shapes with. Yeah. And they came into my kindergarten class and they said, okay, so this is what your leg looks like. But Danielle's leg, and then they would tie a little knot. It's like, so looks like this, and her legs just don't grow. But she has everything that you have inside of you, just in a smaller package. That's and so sweet. Yeah, so that was just one way that they would do that. But I am so for questions and so for asking things, and um, awesome. just it's it, it depends on your heart too, like how, yeah. and also depends on the question. But it depends <laughs> on what, what you're wanting to know and just your heart yeah. posture. And if your heart posture is good, then. That's cool. That's cool. So I did watch a lot of your things and I did see that people have said some pretty rude things. And you even mentioned that earlier, people saying stuff from the street. I saw somebody leapfrogged over you, which was horrible. And I just can't even imagine that happening. And so I'm so sorry that people are just rude Um, with people doing stuff like that. Um, how did you get to the point of saying like, I want to start a vlog, like I want to let my little light shine? Because I think a lot of people when they experience rudeness, or they experience people being a hater, if you will, because everybody experiences that to some degree, you know, Um, I've experienced a lot for different reasons, you know. And, you know, sometimes it's like, I don't even want to show myself, I don't even want to put something out because I don't want the hatred, I don't want the commentary. What was it in you that said, Hey, I'm going to let my little light shine. I'm starting this YouTube video, YouTube series. Yeah. Um, so that was a little bit of a process. I, I totally relate also what you said about putting yourself out there. It's it's like you, you have this on your heart and you want to share, but then you know that putting yourself out there, you're going to, you're exposing yourself to a lot of other yep. things. But I think that's when it comes back to where's our identity and who are we doing this for? And because uh, people's comments change every day, <laughs> yeah. you can get you could be in the good books one day and canceled the next. And so, oh, yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> yeah. So I know I get what you're saying, but um, there was an instance, a very specific one that was like 
pretty much changed how I saw speaking to people. And it was in 2018, I was walking home from school and there was a homeless man and he had uh, like tattoos all over his face. And he was, he was definitely on some sort of drug and he was a little bit out of his mind, but he, he saw me and he immediately just started yelling at me, like top of his lungs, middle of downtown. Was, oh my gosh, look at you, babe, 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 you are so small. Like just belittling wow. me. I, I had never experienced that form of just intense hate, pretty much is what that was. Mm-hmm. And I was so shocked. And so I just kept walking and put my head down. And as I was getting home, I started crying. And mm-hmm. I, I got inside, I put my bag down, I sat on my couch, and I just broke down. And I remember just being so desperate. And I, I looked up and I said, God, what the heck? Like, you made me this way. And so why did you let that happen? And if you made me this way, you have to come down and fix that. Mm. Fix this because I can't do that. I I, I can't deal with that. And then a few minutes passed and I stopped crying. And I, you know, those moments where like the light bulb just goes off, like, you know, those little cartoons, like ding, an idea. And so this was a God ding idea. And he, he just, I just felt like he wanted me to go buy him dinner. Hmm. This the go back out and buy this guy dinner, and I was like, Are you "Sure about that? Like, you did, did you not see what he just did to me? Did you not hear?" And he said, "Go buy him dinner." Wow. So I put my boots back on, walked back down my stairs, grabbed my debit card, and I started praying. And I said, "Okay, God, if this is you, he's gonna be there. And if this is not you, I'm just gonna go home and pretend that this didn't happen and eat that dinner <laughs> and eat that dinner <laughs> exactly." <laughs> and so I uh, was walking, and I see him on the corner. I'm like, "Oh." this is this is him like okay god give me the words to say now because i don't want to be doing this and i walked up to him and the guy saw me and he starts yelling and i went up to him and i i stuck my hand out before covid so it's fine stuck my (laughs) hand out and i said hi my name's danielle can i buy you dinner and immediately his jaw just dropped to the floor and he said you would do that for me and i said yeah i'll buy you anything you want And he immediately just started apologizing for everything he said. He said, you know, Mm -hmm. I am so sorry I treated you that way. It's these drugs that I'm on. They're just messing me up. Like, do you forgive me? And I said, yeah, I forgive you. Let's just go and have some dinner. So we went in to the McDonald's, great dinner choice for an athlete. (laughs) And he ordered what he wanted. And just for 15 minutes, we just got to talk. And he just told me about his life. He told me about his kids. We were actually both from Vancouver. And so it's kind of crazy that we're in Montreal and we're sharing this meal together. And he was just telling me about himself. And then he gets his dinner. And I, I feel so at this moment, too, I was pretty new to praying out loud and I was like relatively more newer Christian per, per, like pursuing God. And I felt God say, Danielle, you're a Christian. You need to pray for him. It's like, oh, okay, geez. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> so I said, hey, like I'm a Christian. Do you mind if I, I pray for you? And he goes, oh, like I used to know God a long time ago. Like, yes, I would love that. And so in the middle of this McDonald's, this man with tattoos all over his face and this little four foot one dwarf, I just <laughs> laid my hands on him and I said, dear Jesus, thank you for this day. And I prayed for him and his name's Shane. And um, Shane wow. calls me now his food hookup because every time he sees me in the street, we're like, hey, hey. And it was the craziest experience because I left there and I felt so close to Shane that I could have given him a hug. 
Wow. Whereas 30 minutes before, that was like the worst night of my life. Wow. And so God showed up for me and like I, I was praying that God would give me peace, that he wow. would help me out. But what God does is he's not just about helping one person. He's about helping everybody. And Shane mm. is his child just as much as I'm his child. Mm. And for me to be able to heal and to get better was for me to step out of my comfort zone and meet mm. Shane where he was at, which was with a meal and a prayer. Wow. And so that story, that event, and that really just changed the way that I saw how I could use my disability and um, use my difference to reach people. Wow. And then a few years later, I just felt like I wanted to start a channel. And I, Sadie, I was actually really inspired by you and just what you were doing with like your voice wow. and your platform. I was like, God, I can't go off and do that right now because I'm swimming every day. Like, I don't have That's time. Right. You're busy. So what do I do? And he's like, start, start a YouTube channel. Just just start wow. a blog. It's like, okay, what, what do I call it? And I'm all about short jokes. You might know this from if any of you are on the app. I definitely drop those jokes from time <laughs> to time. And I uh, was praying for a name. I was like, God, oh, what, what do I call this? Like, it's got to be great. It's got to be like, okay, maybe like short stories or not so, so, not so short stories. And then there was one day I was in the, in the mall and a song came on and it was This Little Light of Mine. And it was like this little light of mine. I'm that gonna let it shine. So and then it just another ding light bulb God moment. Just Literally like, a this light. little light. All right. God, <laughs> you're funny. Let's go. And then started a channel and here we that are. That was so good. I love it. I actually never forget when I first met you on Zoom and everyone was introducing themselves and you made a short joke and everyone got silent. Like no one knew what to do. And you said, guys, I'm getting like you can laugh. And everybody just died laughing. It was so funny. So funny because I actually felt so bad about that because you were pregnant at the time and I had said that I was small because my mom drank coffee in the womb. And I remember saying that I was like, D what did that, you just do that was so funny i was like i literally just remember being like wow and then everyone just like stopped talking but it was so good your sense of humor is so fun um I'm i want to end with see it. it that way that's good i think it's hilarious i really do um well, I really could talk to you all day, and I really want to be real-life friends. I, we got to stop just meeting over Zoom, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, we need to go hang out with uh, Shane and go to McDonald's. But um, one thing that I did want to ask you before we get off is that, you know, you are so spiritually grounded and rooted. And when you say stuff like, oh, then I heard God say this, and then I prayed this, and I was new to out loud prayer, it's mm -hmm. really cool because when I hear you talk, I would think, oh, you must have— grown up a Christian your whole life, you like, you know, are so rooted in the word, you're so rooted in God, you trust him so much. Um, and so to hear you say, like, it was a few years ago after Rio that like, I got baptized and gave my life to God, you know, I think that's going to be inspiring for people. Because I think a lot of times people see someone where they're at in their faith, and they say, like, I'm too far behind, like, I could never get there. Like, I didn't grow up with this. I didn't, I'm not like that now. Um, what was that like for you? What was that turnaround? And how are you who you are now? How are you so rooted in, in Christ and who you are? Mm, that's a great question. Well, um, for those of you who are worried that you're too far behind, nothing is out of the time of God. If God wants you to do something, He is going to speed you up to get there. He's going right. to turn you around or flip you upside down to do whatever you need to do. Um, but yeah, like I, so my parents 
uh, grew, grew up in church and they, they brought us to church and they were really foundational for me. Like I would not have known about Christianity if it wasn't for my parents and Mm -hmm. growing up, my parents would always pray over me and they would say, Danielle, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And like Mm -hmm. you matter. And so they, they always instilled that in me, but it it wasn't until I made that decision for myself. It's like, we can, we can ride on the coattails of someone's faith only for so long until we have to make that decision for ourselves. That's the truth. And so it was in 2016 when I made that decision, I said, you know what? My parents have been telling me this. I feel like I believe it. I don't fully understand it, but I want to spend the rest of my life figuring that out. And it mm-hmm. wasn't until I was like, okay, God, it's you and me. It's not me and it's not you and them plus me. Sometimes it's you and me where it just took off. And then I just, um, God would just put things in my path that would help me grow. And so I, I made my first Christian friends when I was 19 years old. Like I, wow. I didn't have Christian community until I came to university of all places. Wow. And I, and That's I met cool. like, so that's God. And I never experienced, um, really like the highs and lows of swimming, even like, even like, um, how would I say that? Like I never experienced the things that I'm experiencing now without God putting them in my path and without, um, taking those steps. And then there's the whole aspect of obedience. So it's, it it can be in your path, but if it's, if you're willing to go for it, that's, that's a whole other thing. And I just, decided I just made a decision that I've said you know like God if you want me to do this I'll do it and you will make it better because you've mm-hmm. showed me time and time again that you've always made it better yep that's why I like one of my favorite verses and I quote this so much is that um you know well, gosh I literally just went blank because yeah. like Hebrews ten thirty five, yeah. and it talks about the confident trust that we have in the Lord and the way that you gain tr- confident stress is by having confidence in him because you trust him because you know that's how he's going to show up. And I love how like for you, like you know God's going to show up whenever you obey because like you did it with Shane. Like God said, go buy him dinner. You could have just said, well, God actually like I forgive him Mm -hmm. and that would have been good. But he said, go buy him dinner. And you got up and you got your debit card and you Mm -hmm. went to him and you shook his hand, the guy, and then you took him to McDonald's and you sat there and you bought him dinner. Like you didn't have to do all that. That was obedience, you know, and like that God showing you that and what you felt that night and how you did have peace in your heart and you forgave someone and you had joy and you had a new friend in chain, you know, mm-hmm. and you, you got to overcome this moment and then it set you up for the YouTube. Like now you have a confident trust. Like, okay, God, if you ask me, even if it sounds crazy, even if it's hard, even if it's awkward, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's scary, like mm-hmm. I'll say yes, because I know you're going to meet me. And I love how you prayed in that story. You said, God, come down here and fix it. And he met you like he met you in that moment because it says in first John, like no one's ever seen God. But if we love one another, God's love is made perfect through us. It's completed Mm -hmm. in us. And so like when you do that act of love, like you do see God, you know, and so you are such an inspiration. Honestly, I um, I'm so glad that you did this. I'm so glad that you said yes to this podcast in the midst of your training. And I hope every single person in the world listens to this. So whoever's listening, send it to 10 of your friends right now. Um, because there's so many things that we can learn from you, D. And you are a little light and, and a big light L at the same time. And so thanks for being you. And thank you so much for being in the app and pouring into girls there, pouring into girls on your YouTube, on your Instagram, here. And hey, go crush it in Tokyo. <laughs>
go Canada. Let's go. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. And thank you just for providing this platform for people to share what God has put on their hearts and Mm -hmm. what, what else is going on. Cause you know, like just bring it back to this little light. Like we all have a light to shine and it's thanks to Jesus that we do. And your light looks different than mine and my light looks different than yours, but we're shining them together and the world's looking pretty bright from where I'm sitting. It's looking pretty bright. Let's (laughs) go. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate it, girl. Thank you so much.